Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Professional golf is back. Joe Passoff and Al Lunsford here from Lynx Magazine. Welcome back to the Lynx Golf Podcast. Uh, and today, as we enter a new year of tournaments and venues to visit, we're going to have a conversation about which of those courses provide such a great uh, atmosphere and experience for spectator viewing. Uh, that can mean a number of things. As as we'll go through this conversation, um, it could depend on the, you know, the course itself or even the setup itself. But uh, Joe and I have a list of, of places that we have determined uh, provide a very high level experience for fans and spectator viewing. Um, Joe, welcome back to the show. Uh, I think when you talk about the idea of a course being built for spectators, it starts in in one place, and there's a history behind this idea. Uh, when you think about the best spectator options in terms of courses or tournaments, where does your mind go to first? Well, first and foremost, it's the TPC Sawgrass. And the stadium course down there uh, set the whole revolution going uh, and credit Dean Beeman, who was the commissioner of the PGA Tour at the time, uh, who <clears throat> he was an excellent player in his own right, but he, he was a short man <laughs> in stature. And uh, it was particularly compelling to him not only to do something for the tour that enhanced the fan experience, but personally, you know, hey, when you're when you're five foot seven or five foot three or five foot one or whatever you are, um, a lot of the old venues, it was really, really hard to see. So interestingly, I mean, there are a couple of other golf courses that predate pure stadium golf that did, you know, very nicely in terms of accommodating spectators, still blending into the surroundings, if you will, too, with a quality course design. Um, but TPC Sawgrass was the genesis of uh, a specific, you know, this is it. We are catering to the fans as much as we possibly can with this course design. You used to see, at there's old images of tournaments of people, and they used to sell these periscopes at golf tournaments where because of the flat nature of some of these courses, you you would buy a thing that stuck out above everyone's heads and you could look through and, and see the tournament action. Um, and when you talk about TPC Sawgrass being built uh, and hosting its first players in 1982, uh, the idea you've got this very flat Florida landscape uh, not really much to do with it. So now we know it for predominantly for the Island green and for these different water hazards, but you also know it for its strategic mounding 
uh, and being able to hop on top of a hill. I, I've been to the players and uh, there's all these different mounds that are man-made that you can just run up and, and see above the action in, in pure stadium viewing atmosphere. What what did they do in your understanding when they were building that course to dig things out and, and make it uh, a great place for fans to watch golf? Well, first of all, Al, um, since I am older than you, I can tell you that I did use those periscopes uh, and have a version uh, somewhere in storage um, that uh, I used at the 1977 World Series of Golf at Firestone Country Club. And that was a perfect example of when you needed a periscope because at, at that venue at Firestone, uh, which was a Robert Trent Jones senior redesign, it wasn't even just about flatness and having to see over taller people. It was also championship. A lot of championship courses used to have those elevated greens propped up. Well, when you're greenside as a spectator, but the green surface is sitting above you, that's no fun. You can't see where the shots land. You can barely see the guys putting. And so the periscopes helped, uh, especially in those situations. So, yeah, for sawgrass, and, and again, we've got a couple other courses to talk about that that predated sawgrass that were helpful in that department. But sawgrass, yeah, um, as, uh, as Pete was building the golf course for the PGA Tour, Dean Beam and the commissioner, they started with the idea that they were going to build mounds and um, and originally, as Pete said, uh, they were only going to be about, you know, 10 to 15 feet high, maybe. And um, but as they continued in this swampy site, excavating the muck, they kept piling it onto the piles and putting more onto the piles. And pretty soon, these 10 to 15 foot piles grew to 30 to 40 feet. And although the, you know, Pete felt like they were really unnatural looking as well anybody would, um, in the end, they kept them, became part of the fabric and the character of the both the course design and the tournament setup, because, again, um, it gave such amazing viewing opportunities to the fans. And I'll add this, too. Um, again, this is part of Pete, Pete Dye's genius. Uh, with those spectator mounds, the vast majority of the mounds were positioned on the right side of the hole. So the gallery would be looking into the golfers' faces, you know, for right-handed golfers, and they were built on the northwest side to block out the prevailing wind. And this setup also permitted the walking gallery plenty of room to move about the course. So there was a lot of thought that went into making for the best spectator experience. And, um, you know, it was really radical in 1981, 1982, and and for a while. And then other TPC facilities started to pop up. And they weren't the same as Sawgrass, but in many ways uh, they were because they emphasized uh, places on the golf course where spectators could gather and be able to see all the action. I really thought it was interesting, too, the just looking into this and, and on the, the TPC Sawgrass website, when they talked about um, digging out certain places to be able to use the 
the earth to build these mounds and specifically talking about the the 17th hole um i just read a little a short little expert excerpt um from there and they said an unexpected byproduct of constructing a lake was was the island green what was originally designed as a small pond near the green continued to be dug for the valuable sand base area sand base found in that area and after all the excavation work, nearly all of the area around the green was surrounded by water. And now it's perhaps the most famous par three in the world in golf. Um, of course, credit from Die goes to his wife, Alice, for the island green, as many people know. Uh, and, and then now what they've done uh, as things progressed into the modern day. Of course, if you've been to the players or watching on TV, you see these humongous grandstands completely surrounding that area of 16 and 17 going up to 18 where um, it can accommodate a lot of people, not just on the mounds around the Island green, but in the actual grandstands themselves, three, sometimes four stories above the action. So everyone there is viewing golf in a stadium much like they would at a football game or a baseball game, something like that. Um, and then, as you said, more TPCs have been built since then. And with the thought in mind of accommodating the best players in the world, uh, those that host tournaments accommodating uh, spectators better than any tournament course in the world as well. Right. Well, you know, predating stadium golf there were obviously venues that some that did better than others uh in terms of spectator viewing and you know again the course critics rightly would assess some of the design features you know and say is this contrived or does this you know part of a legit legitimately great design and and really i think the first place that you know jack nicholas for instance um, you know, began to think about the spectator experience was when he co-designed his hometown course, Muirfield Village, which, uh, you know, practically debuted in the top 10 or top 20 of golf courses in the United States in 1974. So it was accepted as a fabulous design, extremely challenging. It was really, really rough on the guys in the early years. And um, Jack softened it a little, players got better and so forth. The nature of the design, it was, you know, pretty undulating and uh, it allowed Jack to set greens um, in a way in, in some valleys where then there were the sides behind the greens were amphitheaters for spectators. Now, that pretty much happened naturally because of the site, but he knew he was specifically building it for tournament golf along with a membership. And so kind of that was an added advantage. And we see today, um, you know, at the 18th hole at Muirfield Village, for example, uh, tremendous crowds that are able to gather there on grass, on, on the hillside with no grandstand. And there are other spots on that golf course, you know, that exist in that way, although that's most famous. Um, two years later, Jack now had his own design business. And he was commissioned by uh, the powers that be in Canada to build near Toronto, Glen Abbey Golf Course. 
And most people still remember Glen Abbey. It hasn't hosted an RBC Canadian Open in a while, but it hosted 28 of them. And a lot of famous memories, especially Tiger in 2000, uh, hitting an incredible six iron from the bunker onto the par 5 18th green and, and winning that tournament. So um, what was interesting, Al, about Glen Abbey is that that was Jack Nicholas specifically building some green complexes and some golf holes uh, intended for the stadium golf concept, intended to house fans um, and holes 11 through 15. And then, you know, an area at 18 that accommodated a lot of fans. So interestingly, Pete Dye remarked that he and his wife, Alice, went up to Glen Abbey before they did their design of Sawgrass and the TPC there just to study how it all came about. So there was a little bit of an evolution and a genesis and, um, you know, kind of fascinating that all, none of this was by accident per se. And uh, we finally got that first look at true stadium golf in 1982. Yeah. And you talk about Muirfield and that 18th green is kind of the inverse of that point you made earlier where it was instead of greens propped up above eye level where you couldn't really see anything it's built down below and in a valley and has the good vantage points of the the hillsides uh going away from the green where people can uh line up and and watch over the action on a couple of these places right i mean even if it's an elevated approach shot uh for people to watch you know you've got those you know amphitheater grass amphitheater behind that and, uh, you know, again, that's not new in golf either. Two of my absolute favorite classic courses for watching tournament golf on the 18th hole would be Riviera Country Club, where we'll have the PGA Tour return in six or seven weeks or so. Uh, that seems incredible. An uphill 18th hole, again, with this massive amphitheater. It's just great looking. You know, to from the player's perspective, from a camera perspective, looking up and seeing all those people on the hillside. And then the other one that isn't used as frequently, but it, you see it in big tournaments, is the Olympic Club, uh, the lake course there in San Francisco, where the 18th hole, much shorter than Riviera's 18th, uh, still pretty much, though, a drive and pitch style hole. And uh, again, uh, massive banks of grass for people to gather. So. You know, there were some historical examples of great spectator viewing, great spectator access, along with providing good drama. But um, again, I jump into the TPC era for, yeah, we're intending this to be great and also good design and, and compelling for the player, too. Yeah, I think a lot of people will remember Max Homa winning at Riviera and seeing what it was like behind that green with people perched up above him. A lot of people talked about how difficult that is for the players after they finish that hole to walk up that giant hill to the clubhouse, but uh, certainly makes for a great perch for people watching there. And uh, an incredible scene on TV, too. It look, looks extremely uh, visually appealing. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. 
It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When uh, I think of great spectator experiences uh, now, I'll, uh, the number one for me, and I've been to the players, and that was great, but uh, as many people go and if they get their opportunity and chance to go and, and watch the masters, I mean, I have to think the best spectator experience I've ever had is at Augusta national. And that has a lot of, to do with the cathedral that Augusta is and the, the way the, the masters works. And from a fan's perspective, the affordable concessions, the no phones, everyone's locked in on the golf itself, but, Specifically, I remember sitting behind 4T at Augusta, and I must have been there for over an hour, hour and a half the first day I went, just because you're there, the way the course folds upon itself. I'm there for 4T to watch the the tee shots, that par three down the hill. And I could watch tee shots. I could turn slightly to my left and see people approaching three green and you're above them there to watch them come in or turn, just do a 180 and then see the shots from the par five second into the green, people going for the green or, or choosing not to. But it's almost like everywhere you look, you could watch golf. And uh, it didn't feel like you had many places on that course. A lot of it probably has to do with the undulation of that place where your view was really obstructed, you know, unless you're trying to fight to follow one of the bigger names and you have 10 deep crowds that you're behind, it still never really felt like you were fighting for position to see much golf. Uh, And I don't know that Augusta was built with that in mind either, but I just remember walking through Augusta, just there are these different vantage points where there's, it's almost a 360 experience where you can watch the tournament and and things happening all over the course. You know, are there places like that for you? Augusta jumps out as an example for me, but have you, do you think of anywhere else where it's like that, where everywhere you look, you're seeing some action? Yeah, I think there are a few golf courses out there even on today's circuit um, where where you do get that experience. I mean, Augusta is a little bit of a one-off because partly you're simply so thrilled and appreciative to be on the grounds watching the Masters. Um, Maybe you overlook a few things here or there. (laughs) So I don't know if I'll be running back to Augusta uh, anytime soon. Um, So what I would say is Augusta National and the people who run the Masters have made the spectator experience superior. There is nobody that does anything quite like uh, the folks at the Masters for making sure the spectator uh, is thought about and well thought about in terms, as you say, of pricing, access, viewing, and that sort of thing. I was a little disappointed a few years ago where there were some course changes made intended to strengthen the golf course. 
And in many ways it did. And I'm referring specifically to the planting of trees down 11, the right side of 11 fairway and specifically at the right elbow of the dog leg at 13. So with all the extra trees and pine straw, it made much more challenging, you know, for the, for the players in the tournament, but it also took away some prime viewing spots for people who absolutely loved it. And the right side of 13 was my all time favorite. That's where you saw the decision. Is he going to go for it or not? And half of that viewing experience and the excitement of it was taken away when they planted all those trees. To uh, Augusta's credit, they have pulled back some on on some of these things and understood that they want to uh, renew uh, a few of those viewing corridors. But the other thing Augusta National did very nicely was um, setting up some small grandstands at certain places just to the left of the 14th tee is a super grandstand because you can look across, especially with binoculars and see what's going on in the 13th green. And then right in front of you get to see players tee off. And um, again, that's, that's very special. So, um, you know, credit Augusta national for being the best, if not, or, or one of the best uh, in a lot of respects. Um, so, you know, spectator experience well, spectator viewing is only one part of the spectator experience. So as experiences go, man, that's hard, maybe impossible to beat. But for viewing, there are other options. And that's got to be for a tournament that hosts, uh, for a course that hosts a tournament every year, That's that's got to always be a balancing act and trying to keep it uh, challenging for the players, for the Masters in particular. It's the, one of, if not the most important, tournament that everyone who participates plays every year um and like you said the these grandstands credit to the tournament ops team have been positioned in such a way where like 14t you can you're seeing that tee shot you're also seeing the finish on 13 and and in different places you're able to from from a certain vantage point see a lot of things going on and another example that it didn't immediately come into my mind as being a, a place with such a great viewing experience for spectators, but um, you gave a very good example before we started the call that Harbor Town has a couple spots where it's the build out has created such a, a great uh, experience for people who find certain areas of that course. Uh where did where specifically on Harbor Town do you think that they do a good job of that? Well, one of my favorite spectator viewing areas in all of golf is at Harbor Town, and oddly enough, it's not on the 18th hole with Calabogi Sound and the lighthouse there. It's at this little intersection of the 10th hole and the 16th hole. As the 10th hole was coming out at you, it's the right side of 10 fairway. And then 16 is a sharp dog leg left. So there's a right side of 16 fairway where players occasionally will push their drives over because they don't want to be in that huge waste bunker to the left. And then 10 fairway. And there's an awful lot of activity going on there from the tournament. But it's also kind of this nice, flat, wide open space. 
And there's a home or several vacation homes right on that corner. Well, it's the week after the Masters. You're totally relaxed. The players love Harbor Town. You're on vacation in Hilton Head. And here you are. You're at this spot. Cocktails are flowing at this vacation house. Cocktails are flowing on the golf course. It's like a big garden party. And it just feels right. There you are, kind of the second into the third week of April. Uh, and again, just a lot of happy memories from being in that spot. And funny, like you said, uh, taking your anecdote, but where you go from when you go from the Masters to Harbor Town, it's you're going from being in church to being at a church, and the the party's on there at Harbor Town. Uh, on Hilton Head. Yeah, it is pure reverence and don't break any rules while you're at Augusta and uh, come to Harbor Town and Hilton Head. Hey, let's have some fun. <laughs> Another, and maybe it's those types of things for me that have stuck out in these, these build outs, these great places to gather at a tournament uh, and and watch golf. Uh, I had the opportunity to go to the Solheim Cup in 2017 at Des Moines Golf and Country Club in Iowa. Coincidence or not, it's Pete Dye out there too. But that was a place where that tournament organization, the tournament uh, committee, uh, expertly routed their their fan zones and their their grandstands and. It could have been the atmosphere of the event, team golf match play that ratcheted things up. But I just remember that being one of the coolest fan experiences I had been a part of. Um, going to the PJ Championship and Wells Fargo at Quail Hollow. They've got a great spot there at the Green Mile. Uh, and looking across the lake at Quail Hollow, you can see a lot of things going on too. But um if you're positioned at the, uh, I think it's the, the Green Mile Club, they call it some something to that effect. And you could see people coming in. Their approaches on 16, the tee shots on 17, and then coming back to that 18th hole finish is a is a great spot too. Uh, I think that this year we'll see two very good venues, in my opinion, for spectator viewing in uh, Oak Hill, the East course there that the work that Andrew Green has done and a lot of it has been taking uh, trees away from that experience so at the PGA Championship you're going to be able to see across a lot of golf course at one time if you're in attendance there uh, and it's going to feel big it's going to feel like that major championship atmosphere you want the same kind of goes for Baltus Raw too uh, with the women's PGA Championship uh, Gil Hands credit to him and and what he, the work that he and Jim no, Jim Wagner did there too uh, to give a lot of opportunity to see a lot of golf course as a player or as a spectator there as well Joe uh am I missing anywhere that yes, we, you are, we haven't Al. covered is, yes, is there you are, Al. any particular course of notes out there that I've yes, totally you, missed <laughs> yes you are Al in the journalism business, we call this burying the lead. So um, I'm closest to this, but the ultimate spectator viewing experience 
is the TPC Scottsdale, home of the WM Phoenix Open uh, since 1987. And again, <laughs> it's, it's not perfect. Um, it's a very good golf course. The front nine at TPC Scottsdale is a tad forgettable. It's sufficiently challenging, but not a lot of golf holes, especially because they head to the west, um, are particularly scenic, and, and so they don't stand out in memory. The back nine, however, uh, could well be the most underrated back nine on the PGA Tour because it just has multiple risk-reward options, which are really fun for tournament golf. The key holes down the stretch, 14, 15, 16, 17, all head east with the McDowell Mountains in the background. But as a spectator experience, it is the ultimate. <laughs> and there is one hole in particular that is what stadium golf and tournament golf is all about, and that is the 16th hole at the TBC Scottsdale Stadium course. So, you know, Al, I didn't want to let the podcast go too, too long, even though we were nearing the finish line. But it's astounding how many people the TPC Scottsdale accommodates during WM Phoenix Open Week. There are spots on the golf course, and they work on this every year, that inevitably wind up as bottlenecks because there are so many people coming out. But if you look at say another one of my favorite tournament type courses, Kapalua. I mean, there's only a, like a couple thousand people and they get fantastic views for the Century Tournament Champions. A, because of those hilly looks, you know, with the ocean in the background and B, you're just not having to deal with many people. Well, at the TPC Scottsdale, you're talking about a given Saturday where there could be upwards of 200,000 people and 20,000 people alone on one hole, the 16th hole at TPC Scottsdale. So they do an amazing job given all the people that come in. The 16th hole itself, eh, it's okay. It's, it's a nice enough par three, but there's nothing particularly special about it from a playing perspective. From a fan perspective, I will say in the early days, there was a hillside there that was built in by Tom Weisskopf and Jay Morish. That was one of my favorite viewing spots in all of golf. You could sit atop the hill, look at the shots coming into 16 green, peer over to your right and see the shots coming in to the par five island green 15th, and then turn 180 degrees around and see the approach shots coming into the 10th hole. Now, 16 is completely encircled by formal stadium grandstands that are three-decker and at times four-deckers. So for the people lucky enough to get a badge, to get a pass, to be able to sit anywhere in there, and whether it was the caddy races back in the day or wagering that goes on, um, the roars that would accompany the players as they come out of the tunnel and onto the tee box, uh, that is probably, I know it scares a lot of traditionalists, but as far as the growing the game component, as far as a novelty for the players, uh, it's hard to beat the TPC Scottsdale. You just know you have a good conversation when, when it goes and everything comes around to the beginning and starts with TPC and ends with TPC, just like that. 
I mean, that's that's a credit to what they were trying to do the entire time with this. And and you know, to their credit, it in turn has created two of the best spectator viewing experiences in golf and TPC Sawgrass and TPC Scottsdale. I still haven't been to to Scottsdale. I've well, I've played the other course at TPC Scottsdale, the Champions Course, but have not played the actual tournament course itself. So, or or seen it in a, a tournament atmosphere as a spectator. So, that's that's got to be number one on my list now uh, to get and go to as a fan. Come on out, Al. The desert's waiting for you. All right. Well. We'd love to hear your thoughts as to other great courses for spectator viewing or tournaments where the spectator experience is well below par, I should say. But it, that always confuses me too. The should it be above par, below par? Above par kind of sounds when you think about it. It's isn't that a negative thing? Uh, that that <laughs> the way that you say that phrase has always kind of confused me. But nonetheless. Uh, these places are special because of what they give fans the opportunity to see. Yeah, I would be curious to have some feedback um, from folks listening on what how you feel about St. Andrews, the old course, um, oh, as yeah, yeah. A, a venue for spectator viewing. Because like Augusta, you feel so thrilled, so privileged just to be on the grounds. Um, you know, there, are, uh, there, it's really a flattish golf course. And there are a fair number of people that get to attend open championships. What the RNA does beautifully at all of their venues is they have massive grandstands along the 18th hole of every open venue. Um, so, you know, in the case of St. Andrews, there are ways of getting viewing opportunities. And especially as you go out further and further onto the links. But um, yeah, it, it's not one for atmosphere. It pops into the top three. But for the actual spectator viewing, it didn't register quite as quickly as some of the others did. Well, and if you're lucky enough to be like George Pepper and own some property there on, on St. Andrews in the town, or if you're staying at the the Marine Hotel or anything like that, and your back window looks down at the, the 17th and 18th uh, hole and, and first hole at St. Andrews, that's that's a hard uh, hard place to beat in terms of a viewing experience. Al, you're absolutely right about that. <laughs> well, thanks, Joe, for the conversation. Uh, look forward to getting out there and viewing uh, some great golf here in the near future. Fantastic. Good to be with you again, Al.